Hey everybody, we are here, ready to go. How about you? Hope you are, because we have probably, I don't know, I think one of the best topics that could ever come from the Word of God. What do you think is the best topic? I'm going to tell you what I think is the best topic today. And this is why this topic is so good. Because there's something that, even though most people don't know about it, it's what sustains humanity. Actually, humanity would even be better sustained if everybody understood it. And you know what? Here it comes. There is no excuse for those who do not understand this topic. We're in a series entitled Dynamic Christianity, and we will hopefully understand and abide in what I call dynamic grace. That's the best topic in all the Bible. You know why? You're going to see why today. I call it dynamic grace because Dynamic means effective, having spiritual energy, gets things done, and grace, oh man, we'll see what that is today, the grace of God. And we're going to take a look today at five aspects of this grace, okay? Five aspects today of God's dynamic grace, and then you see if you think it's the best topic in all the Bible. And like I said... This is why there's no excuse for those who don't know about it. Because in Titus chapter 2, in verse 11, here's what we read. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. There it is. God's grace has appeared. And by the way, that grace is Jesus, bringing salvation to all men. The word grace is the word charis, And it means a favor bestowed freely. In the ancient days, in the Greek culture, it meant that bestowed upon a friend with no expectation of return. But it had to do with friendship. The motive was due to the giver. But now when we get to the New Testament, we find an added meaning. The favor is bestowed not just upon a friend, but upon all people, even those who are enemies of God, which at one time we all were. So the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. Not just some, not just the good ones, not just most, all people. It's like the judge, he stepped down from his judgment throne in glory, took upon himself the guilt and the penalty of human sin. And the result? Justice is satisfied. Mercy is given. Okay? There it is. So, this this grace brought salvation to men. When I say men, I'm speaking generically to people. So, because of that, here's five aspects of this dynamic grace. 
Number one, and some of these you know, but let's really get them down. We are saved by grace. Now you might say, I know that. You know how many millions of people in the world don't know that? As a matter of fact, every religion in the world doesn't know that. Over 10,000 religions in the world, none of them know that we're saved by grace. Huh. Only those who study the New Testament. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Now, I want to clarify something. I want us to really understand what this verse means. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Wait a minute. I understand the part. By grace you have been saved. Okay, we got that. Salvation is a gift of God. Through faith. I get that gift because I believe. That, not of yourselves. Wait a minute. The word that, it doesn't apply to faith. It applies to saved. The incorrect reading by faith you have, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that faith is not of yourself, it's the gift of God. That is incorrect, and it's wrong. The correct reading, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that salvation, or that being saved, it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. That's the proper reading. Because there are some that say, if God doesn't give you the faith, then you can't be saved. That's heresy. Okay? So, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that being saved is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. You can study the Greek grammar, and you can figure it out. This is what puts us into a relationship with God. Now, once we have a relationship with God, number two, we live by grace. Okay? We already talked about how grace has appeared to all men, bringing salvation. Now, we live by that grace. Verse 12, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly, oh, in the present age. <laughs> Not when we get to heaven, like today. When the Bible says it's instructing us, it's the word paduo, it's where we get the word pedagogue. You know what a pedagogue is? A teacher or one who trains. It means to educate. So what does grace do? It trains us how to live, how to live sensibly. That means with a sound mind. How to live righteously. That means justly. Okay? So you know what dynamic grace does? It separates us from the ways of the world. Because of the ways of the world, right? They're crazy. They're out of their minds. Look at what's going on in this country. They're out of their minds. They're trying to confuse children what gender they are. Well, you look like a boy, but you may be a girl. You look like a girl, but you may be a boy. That was a song when I was growing up. I think it was in the 60s. I was already growing up, kind of. Are you a boy or are you... By the barbarians. Remember that? The barbarians. Are you a boy or are you a girl? With your long blonde hair, you look like a girl. Yeah, you look like a girl. Well, the, those are the days when guys just had long hair. Now, they're going after the whole body. 
They try to change the whole body. Confusing children. The world is crazy, and it needs the church. It really does. It needs you, the solid believer. Abraham Lincoln said, I care not if God is on my side. My constant hope and prayer is that I may be found on God's side. See, what he's saying is, I need to come around to God. I don't expect God to come around to my way of thinking. I need to get to God's way of thinking. I need to think like him. So this dynamic grace, number one, we're saved by this grace. Number two, then we live by this grace. Thirdly, we stand in this grace. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says in Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, that's our salvation, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. So we're introduced by faith into grace, and we stand in that grace, and we exult or we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Okay, now what does it mean to stand in this grace? You know what it means? To abide accepted. You abide accepted in the grace of God. Live in the fact that God accepts you and that'll never change. That God loves you and that'll never change. Because you're in his son and he loves his son. And he loves all those that are in his son. And if that's you, then he loves you. See, God's grace, oh, it's dynamic because it accepts us completely and permanently once we're in Christ through faith. Did you get that part? Permanently? Don't run with the crowd that says, well, you know, if you cross that line, God will reject you. That's more heresy. You're sealed with the Spirit, Ephesians 4.30, till the day of redemption. You ain't going anywhere. You belong to God. So you are standing before the judge, and the judge, the judge says, Oh, there's no case against you. Why are you here? I'm looking through my folders. Wait. There's nothing here on you. You're in the wrong court. You can go. Huh. That's what that means. You know, and we have a confirmation in Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Think about that. You know how far the east is from the west? Pretty far. I'm glad it doesn't say as far as the north is from the south. Because we know where the farthest north is northest. <laughs> we know where the farthest northern point is. And we know where the farther, farthest southern point is. And if he, can, if he tossed our sins from the north to the south, we could go find them. But the east to the west, it just keeps going round. We don't know. We don't know where east begins and west ends. It just keeps going. So God is saying, I put your sins in a place where they can't be found. They're gone. 
They go on forever. The blood of Jesus has sanctified me, set me apart for God. Are you kidding? That's dynamic grace. Fourthly, we suffer in grace. And this is something we need to be aware of. I want to look at two aspects of suffering. There are many. Oh, there's many more. But I just want to look at two. Number one, we suffer as God's people from the system of the world. We do. We're square pegs in a round hole. In John 16:33, Jesus said, In the world you have tribulation. That's right. Why? Satan's the god of this world. He runs the show. He's the prince and the power of the air. Okay? This is his territory. That's why our citizenship is in heaven. So in the world, you have tribulation. But then Jesus said, oh, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So that means that even though you'll have trouble as a Christian in this world, you've got the victory. Jesus overcomes the world. So all they can do is try to make you miserable and unhappy. But there's no victory for Satan. There's no victory for the world system over you. There's none. So in one sense, then, the system of the whole world, the way the world runs, will give you tribulation. And then secondly, from Satan himself. He'll do it. And as a matter of fact, God allows it. And I'm going to use the, the Apostle Paul as an example. Uh, and you might be familiar with this passage in 2 Corinthians 12, in verse 7. Paul had a pain. What kind of a pain? Well, I'm going to tell you what I think after. But here's what he said. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. In other words, Paul got a lot of revelation from God. He even went to heaven and saw things that God said, don't tell anybody. Imagine that. we got people that say they went to heaven. They come back, write books, and make movies. <laughs> Paul went to heaven. God said, be quiet. Don't tell anybody what you saw. Okay? So, But he had divine revelation from God. And you know what? When you get revelation from God, you can get pretty puffed up. So Paul said, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. So the point is, Paul was stricken with something that tormented him. And then he said, well, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. I mean, we do that, right? We pray to God and, God, I've got this thing in my life. Oh, it's killing me. Can you please take it away? And the Lord said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Now, what's the, here's the question. What tormented Paul? Well, it was something that grace could remedy. Now, people better than me and people smarter than me have come up with all kinds of ideas on what it was. Some say it was his poor health. Some say his bad eyesight. You know, that's why Luke, the doctor, traveled with him. Some say it was his speech. He had a speech impediment. 
People have all kinds of ideas, but I'm like, no, wait a minute. Because of God's answer, I think about it differently. God said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. The word sufficient, it means to ward off as in danger. Okay? So, here's what I think that thorn was. The thorn wasn't something physical because it was brought on by a demon. I believe it was something mental. I believe it was the guilt that he wore from persecuting the church before he was saved. I believe that a Satan kept, uh, a demon kept buffeting him, laying guilt on him and shame. How can you be an apostle? Look at what you did. You destroyed or tried to destroy the very movement that now you say you're a part of. You hypocrite. You are unworthy. You are not real. There's no way you can be saved. And Paul said, God gave me grace. And in that grace was forgiveness. And yet, he didn't erase my memory. The memory of his sin kept him humble. And maybe, even though we're cleansed from sin and forgiven for sin, you never want to forget where you came from. Because that'll keep us from exalting ourselves. See, we're saved by grace, and we stand accepted in grace, and grace covers guilt. So yes, we all have a past, we all have a closet full of skeletons, but grace covers it. And then the result, Paul said that, okay, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. So what he's saying is, God, I know you're not going to erase my memory of all the bad things that I did. I did that in weakness, but your grace is greater, and your grace covered all my sins, and I rejoice in the grace of God. See, that's what we need to do. We need to rejoice in God's grace, because God's grace forgives. Paul is introspective. He doesn't look at life pertaining to the way he wants it to be. He sees God's will. So, in that, he can rejoice. If he had his choice, he'd probably say, erase my mind. So I don't have to remember and see all those people in my, my mind, all those faces of people that I dragged to jail and separated families and, and all the havoc I caused. No, those pictures in his mind were real. And that demon kept reminding him. That demon was assigned to him. But God gave him grace. Grace is greater than sin. So what have we seen? regarding dynamic grace. Number one, we're saved by grace. Number two, we live by grace. Number three, we stand accepted in grace. Number four, we suffer in grace. And then fifthly, we die in grace. Isn't that the goal? When Paul died, he looked back over his life, not at the things he did wrong, but at the faithfulness that he lived in toward God. He said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 6, 
for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. In other words, he's in Rome. He knows he's going to be uh, executed. He said, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. A drink offering is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. That's what the pagans did. They poured out a drink offering to their gods. He lived as a sacrifice for others. And now he's ready to die. And he said, the time of my departure has come. Paul sees death merely not as an ending, but as a departure. You know what the word departure means? It means the loosening the lines from the dock so a ship can set sail. That's what the word departure means. Here's a ship at the dock, and it's ready to go on a journey. So they loosen all the lines, and the ship takes off. So when you think about death for the Christian, it's a departure from this world, and we're setting sail, and we're journeying toward the world to come. We're journeying toward heaven. So Paul could say, and this is because he understood grace, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. See, he knew who he was. He knew what he did. And he has a hope. He has a hope. In the future, he said, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Wow, that could be you. That could be you. You're waiting for the appearance of Jesus? There's a crown that waits for you. One commentator said, All can have the same hope. All who serve him and would love to see him come as their best friend shall have the same crown. Think about it. So there is a sampling of dynamic grace. That's why it's the greatest topic in all the world. It introduces salvation. It forgives our sins. It gives us a hope for the future. I gave you five things today. Try to remember them and abide in them about the dynamic grace of God. Do you remember what they are? Number one, we're saved by grace. And that being saved is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Anybody can be saved because God's grace has appeared to all men. Okay? Secondly, once we're saved, we live by that grace. You keep applying grace to yourself. Thirdly, we stand accepted in that grace. Know that God's heart will never change toward you. It'll never change. It'll always be one of divine love. Fourthly, because of the world we live in, we die in grace. We die in grace. We merely loosen the lines and set sail. We set sail for heaven. That's what we do. We suffer in grace. Did I say that one? Because of the world we live in, and then we die in grace. And that's why Paul could say, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? 
Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there it is. Can you see it? Can you see how Paul, he loves Jesus Christ so much that he has no fear. He has no fear in life, and he has no fear in death. Would you like to be like that? You can be. Why wouldn't you be? You love the Lord Jesus, and you understand his grace. That's what it takes. Grace is a favor bestowed. It's unearned. It's undeserved. It's because of God. It's because God's heart is so big, and there's so much of him to go around, that he pours himself out on all people. And all we have to do is receive it. Hey, didn't even Jesus say that that the rain falls on the just and the unjust? He's talking about God's grace. God treats everybody in grace. And I think with the hope that all would respond. And sadly, some don't. Some don't respond to that grace, and they end up living a life defeated, discouraged, or egotistical, or prideful. But there are those that receive that grace, and they become saved through that grace, and they can live in that grace and stand in that grace. And yes, accept the suffering, but knowing that when it's time to die, it's merely a departure. I like that. A departure. It's time to loosen the lines on the dock, because we're ready to set set sail to our new destination. I like that. You know, when that sailboat leaves the dock, it's so graceful, isn't it? It even leaves gracefully. And when we leave this earth, and you leave your body, it's a graceful departure into the presence of God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's why I want you to join the Hope Club. Go to newhoperadio.live. Come on now, help us out. Click the menu bar. Three bucks a week. That's it? That's it. Three dollars a week. Keep us on the radio. Keep the Hope Club podcast going. And we'll send you an email every day in your email box. Nice little devotional. Set to music. Get you started off on the right foot. Okay? Let's all work together and tell the world about the grace of God. <laughs>